Welcome to this episode of the podcast, Guess What You're Gonna Hate. I'm Janine. And I'm Kyle. And this is a podcast about exposing someone to the very worst and sometimes best, but mostly worst pop culture of the 2000s. So Kyle, you and your co-host have the podcast, The M Word. Do you want to tell our audience a little bit more about your podcast? Yes. So um, The M Word is a millennial podcast by millennials. And what that means is basically whatever you think it means, because that's probably (laughs) what we talk about. So the original idea behind it was that he moved to California and I still live in Texas and we still wanted to be friends. And so we thought might as well just record those conversations for posterity and talk about (laughs) the difficulties and problems of millennial life. And so we try and dive into what's going on in the world and in lives and what's affecting, you know, the biggest generation in America. And we don't really solve anything, but we learn a lot. And I think that's the most important thing. It's a lot of fun because Kate and I guessed it on there not too long ago. You guys, the audience, I mean, should have already heard a promo from this podcast, and I really hope you've already checked them out. But if not, you definitely check them out after this because Kyle, our guest today, is going to be taking us on a cinematic journey, kind of. Yes, that most millennials should be able to relate to. So (laughs) if we're doing a great crossover event right here in this podcasting you know, session. I know that the oldest millennials are in their mid to late thirties, but the younger side is, I think, so this year they'll be turning like 22, 23. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So most millennials, I would think either caught some part of the two thousands in their formative years, either the early two thousands or the late. So I think it is a good crossover. Yeah, totally. I'm really excited because I heard that you are finally going to let me watch High School Musical. It's not that I'm going to let you watch it, Janine. It's that I need you to watch it. <laughs> it's that I need you to experience the magic that is High School Musical. Is there a specific reason that you chose High School Musical? Well, here's the thing. Uh, it was very formative for me in, in middle school. And it's something that you wouldn't really expect, right? Like a, a teenage boy who's like 13 <laughs> who has on his first iPod has, you know, copies of the soundtrack from High School Musical. And everyone at the lunch table would take turns listening to my iPod, listening to the songs of High School Musical. And it was just this very strange event of like, why were we so obsessed with it? I have not seen it in a very long time. And so all I can really remember are the songs. So it'll be very interesting to go back and and watch it. But it was such a, just a beautiful Disney Channel original movie. Those were like the glory days of Disney Channel original movies. Yeah, I mean... I didn't watch High School Musical, and the reason that I didn't was because, you know, I was uh, on that anime bullshit, and I (laughs) pretty much rejected anything that was popular, because, you know, that's for posers and preps, even though I literally literally went to a college preparatory school. I could not have been, I could not have been more of a prep than I already was, but... Whatever. I So I rejected that kind of stuff. And I remember this very specific conversation I had with someone in my class. I even remember who it is, but I'm not going to say it. Cause, uh, <laughs> but um, we were talking and uh, I was into theater. I was actually one of the only people in my graduating class who did the actual theater side of things instead mm-hmm. of the tech. And 
I was really excited to try out for the plays. I think it was one of my first years in middle school around the time this came out. And I remember this girl turned to me and said, I really hope that they decide to do high school musical. Wouldn't that be so much fun if we could do high school musical here? <laughs> and I just remember like this intense hate filling my heart. It's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I will never watch high school musical. And I've never watched it. You just, just because, I mean, at this point, it's, it's more about sticking to your guns. Yeah. <laughs> Though I will admit, I not too long ago, I tried to start a Twitter campaign, hashtag let Janine watch High School Musical, because Kate refuses to watch it again. So I'm very excited that you're going to let me watch this musical, because now that I've gotten older and learned to appreciate things that are popular and that, you know, not have a knee-jerk reaction to that, it must be bad if the preps like it, right. then I, I really want to watch it, because I've seen, like... Uh, you know, gifs of it and video clips. I've seen like a bits and pieces of the bed on it. I think is the song. Yeah, I think I think that was from the second one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're not even even gonna experience bed on it and the glory that is <laughs> Zac Efron trying to you know prance around a golf course. <laughs> well, not until I can get somebody else to let me watch it because Kate won't let me watch it. But <laughs> I, hey, you know what? That's why I don't tell Kate. But that's why I'm here. I'm here to help you. Thank you, Kyle. I really appreciate that. You know, it's so nice to have someone looking out for me because so often this podcast is just torture. It's just torture. It's just why torture. do why do we torture ourselves with our co-host Janine? I don't understand. I don't it. know. It's you know you think you think that you got something good going, and then they make you watch something like Black Christmas. Oh no! And you just <laughs> you just remember that they're actually a sadist. <laughs> and there you, you get go. pleasure <laughs> from that pain. I really think she just has a Rolodex of torture devices. She just pulls one out and goes like, oh, this time I will make you watch an <laughs> icicle go through a young girl's head. How does that sound? No, no, Kate, don't do that to me. <laughs> I can say anything I want about Kate because she's not here. So <laughs> Exactly. And I'm here and I don't care about icicles going through people's brains. I just want to hear a bunch of high school students just sing and dance. That's what I'm here for. So can you for well actually I don't know anything about high school musical other than there's high schoolers and there's a musical. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the movie? Well, Janine, you pretty much nailed it. I don't <laughs> I mean, for not having any knowledge about it, you pretty much just hit it right on the head. It is a Disney Channel original movie, and I think what's most impressive about it is like in that era of time, like I can remember watching Smart House and The Luck of the Irish. I've watched those. Those are good. The Cheetah Girls was like a big thing yes. back then, right? So they had like movie musicals and like movies that involved, you know, song and dance or whatever. But High School Musical like came together. I think they had like, they just found great young actors like Vanessa Hutchins and Zac Efron who have like continued their career, which I don't really think has happened in the other movies. Mm -hmm. I don't even understand why it is so magical and has held on to my heart the way that it has. But I, I think so rewatching it is going to definitely help me. But it's set up as a high school jock versus, you know, artsy people. Mm -hmm. And hey, spoiler alert, the jock has feelings. He has a heart. <laughs> and this, this movie is really the journey of, of that jock. And of course, the people who have been working, you know, towards theater their whole educational careers you know they've gone up through middle school and high school performing and perfecting their craft they're the villain and and i think you know we're gonna really just kind of slam on them just so that the basketball star can sing in front of the crowd so, <laughs> it is it's a weird balance of, of a movie but ultimately the songs are great which is the is the best part so. <laughs> is is uh is this the movie with corbin blue in it 
Yes, it does have Corbin Blue. Okay. I forgot about him. Yeah, he's in Yeah, because I was thinking when you were naming him off, I was like, I'm pretty sure Corbin Blue is in it, too. And I don't know if he's doing anything now. I don't think he does. He doesn't do as much TV or, or movies. What he does is stage stuff, because I know that he was in In the Heights on Broadway. Oh. He took over for Lin-Manuel Miranda from his, oh. his show. And um, I think he was doing something else on Broadway, too. I can't remember. But, yeah, he probably did Dancing with the Stars, too. I feel like that's where they all end up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like he's also doing, like, Godspell. And this this year, he's doing Singing in the Rain. Oh, he'll be good in that. That'll be good. Yeah. That's cool. Singing in the Rain is good. Well, it's nice. Like, I mean, if that's your it's, – it's a big difference between, like, television acting and stage acting. So if that's his passion, then that's great that he's doing it. Totally. I think seeing that would be my preference. I've I've done acting before, and uh, Connor, my co-host on on my show, he is out in L.A. and and he went out there to act. And I have always preferred stage acting to camera acting, mostly because I enjoy the theater so much more. It's got like this atmosphere. And I was kind of raised with movie musicals. Like my grandma would bring me over, and and we would watch like old movie musicals like Singing in the Rain or Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, hmm. An American in Paris, like those old Gene Kelly movies. Yeah. And you have these great musical numbers and choreography. And so whenever High School Musical came out, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. That's nice that you can like connect like that, you know, from the older movies to something that was in your teen years. That's really cool. Uh, totally, totally. And then you like it continued on. Like, I feel like musicals just kind of keep... They, like, ebb and flow. Yeah. You'll have, like, a bunch of movie musicals in one year. You'll have, like, Hairspray coming out or whatever. Chicago. And then there'll be Chicago. Yeah. And then there'll be nothing. And then you'll have, like, what, a few years ago it was, like, La La Land. And now we have, like, Greatest Showman and oh, yeah, all we these had movie Les musicals. Les yeah. Mis. Yeah, that was a big one. People can only take so many musicals at a time if they're not theater kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They are very exhausting, like, you're just watching them. Yeah, I do agree with you, though. I think there's something very special to stage acting that doesn't really translate as well on TV and film. And it takes a really, I think, talented actor to be able to do, like, subtle facial expressions and stuff like that on TV and film. Whereas on stage, because... I mean, people are not going to be up close to you. You have to like really be loud and express yourself and embrace the big emotions and things like that and to be effective. Oh, yeah, totally. And then also like in the audience there, you can feel that more than you can on TV and film. It actually it's like even when I saw like the McElroy brothers and they weren't even doing theater, they were just doing their live show for my brother, my brother and me. I was in like the fifth row really close and you could it was intense because you could feel them like their their the energy it was really cool oh yeah so i think yeah yeah. live performances are always so cool even whenever you look at like the tv stuff that they're doing now every year where they do put on a live musical and i distinctly remember whenever they first started doing it and like sound of music nbc had done and like peter pan Mm -hmm. and those were okay but it was like those old styles where they would just put a camera in a room and they performed it live which was very cool but whenever Fox did Grease, they brought in a live audience that would sit in each scene, and it was totally different. It was like so much more enjoyable as a viewer because they were getting that response and they were feeding off of it, mm-hmm. and it was just so great. Yeah, but there definitely are like pros and cons to whatever medium that a musical or a play is given in. And something that's great with the cinematic – I'm getting – you know, 
the reason why we have Kate on this podcast is because she would have told me like that's like her rap horns. I can't do it. It's like a terrible imitation of me doing it. I should just like dub in her actually doing it. And she's like, stop. Yeah, just keep and that. <laughs> yeah, save that like, MP3. Stop talking about the philosophy of cinematic media. Don't do that and just talk about how dreamy Zach Efron is. So Oh, yeah. See, and that's why I could not be your weekly co-host is because I would sit here all day and talk about the philosophy of cinema. We could do this all day. That's, you know, I mean, we can complain about our co-hosts and say that they ruin our fun, but honestly, we need them. We we need them. Exactly. There's a reason why they're there. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I am so excited to watch High School Musical. So when we come back, we can delve right into the plot and also take apart why it was such a formative movie. Yeah. I'm excited. All right. Well, we'll see you guys later. This called. <laughs> this calls, it's called Everything is Awesome. Fucking A. So, do you want to start? Sure. I'm Casey. And I'm Jeff. And this show's called Everything is Awesome because we try to highlight the things that are good in the world. That doesn't mean it's all positive all the time. We get into some really heavy stuff. But we try to find solutions, ways of viewing the big issues that help our listeners see how we can fix the problems that plague us, whether it's racism, mental illness, gun violence, sexism in the media. But it's not all heavy. We also talk to cool guests, including writers. We share our work and give each other notes, review books, movies, TV shows and other things that we love. And generally have a fun, cool time getting to know our guests. And each other. (laughs) It's Everything is Awesome. With Jeff and Casey. Oh, maybe we should do that part together. It's It's Everything everything is Awesome. awesome. With Jeff and Casey. No, you're supposed to say with Jeff and Casey. It's It's Everything everything is is awesome. Awesome. With Jeff and Casey. Namaste. So we are back and we have watched High School Musical and now we're ready to complain about it. Or maybe not complain. Who knows? You might say we've got our heads in the game. Oh, that, that was good. <laughs> I'm disappointed I didn't think of a, of a High School Musical pun. <laughs> or, hey, you know what? I think this is the start of something new. You see, it, there's lots of songs in this movie that can just flow easily into it. <laughs> Well, that's exactly what I've been looking for. (laughs) Very, very good. I'm just glad that we're finally breaking free of all of these terrible puns. Yeah, you know, when there was me and you just talking about the movie and how it was going to go, that when there was me and you was a song. So I I don't know where I was going with the rest of that. It's like that. That was it. (laughs) Jean, can I give you just a little bit of advice? Yes. I think you should stick to the status quo. Well, I mean, how am I going to do that if I want to bop to the top? All right. And I think that's all the songs. Uh, yeah, that's Thank all you so much Woo! for listening. That okay, has we're been done guess- now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, okay. So actually, this, this, I guess, music, it's like it's strange because it doesn't really feel like a musical in the classical sense because it really just feels more like a movie with songs that people sing in it. Absolutely. Because like usually in a musical... The way my uh, my high school drama teacher described it as a musical is when you become so overcome with emotion, talking no longer works. You need to sing it instead. And this doesn't really 
always do that. It has some, the ones when it does do that are really good. Like the song about the status quo, actually, that one's pretty good. Cause it's like, they're all kind of involved in it together and it really relates to the plot. Right. But a lot of the other songs are just, Hey, we're going to sing because we're trying out for a musical or we're doing karaoke together. You know? Yeah. I think, I think this movie was glee before glee was glee. <laughs> like that's what it is. It was just like let's let's throw some t- together some poppy songs to sing throughout the show, and based on that, they wrote a plot around those songs. So the first song is actually start of something new, which like I roll, of course, start of something new is the first song to begin the movie. You know, but but damn it, if it isn't catchy, <laughs> really, you liked it because I didn't like it. I, I I distinctly remember that song and Breaking Free being the two songs that were stuck in my head all of the time. Huh. See, when I was watching it, I actually... So, so for the audience, you know, we try to do our plot rundown. So, really, it's a very simple, basic plot. And it kind of follows a lot of, you know, Greece, yeah. I think, too. Because the two main characters meet before the school year starts. And then the girl ends up attending that school. So, in this first part of the plot the main characters gabby and troy are both on vacation with their families and they end up at a teen party for new year's eve they get called up on stage to do karaoke together and of course they completely nail it which was like that actually immediately pulled me out of the movie experience because I was like, oh, yeah. you couldn't even like nervously have done like the first line or so. You had to go like immediate confidence, which like I understand for soundtrack purposes, it needs to be good the whole way through. But for plot purposes, it didn't really feel believable. This was definitely before the era of let's create realistic art. This was this was very much Disney Channel being like, all right, let's get these two attractive people on stage so they can sing together within two minutes, because otherwise we lose the whole audience. That's true. That's true. And I, so it's not, they're not singing, like actually singing with the real microphones being used that would be used for the dialogue. It's obviously studio dubbed, which is also very distracting Yeah, because it's, a completely different sound quality, and it's very obviously auto-tuned. I'm not sure if you know this fact, but I remember this when I was in middle school. In that movie, Zac Efron did not sing his songs. Really? Yeah, he had a vocalist dubbed in because when they wrote the songs, before he had auditions, it was written for a tenor, and he is lower than a tenor, I think, baritone. And so he had his, his songs dubbed by a different singer, and so there's only one part in the movie where he sings, which is later whenever he's on the balcony at uh, at Vanessa Hutchins' house. I can't remember her name now. Gabriella. Mm-hmm. At Gabriella's house. And that's the only time he actually sings. In the other movies, he sings because they wrote the songs for his key. Yeah. But, um, but that's why it was also really weird because if you listen to it knowing that, you're like, obviously, yeah. that voice is way too high for Zac Efron. I wonder if that one song where he actually uses his own voice is the one song that I liked. Because there was one part, I was like, yay, it's finally not dubbed over. Like, it actually feels like a real musical now. Because yeah. the studio dub over is so distracting. And thankfully, they're pretty good at matching it up with their singing. So it wasn't, like, distracting and, like, oh, her lips aren't even going the right way. It's literally just the sound quality is distracting. Right. They sing together and they totally nail it and of course it's the it's the start of something new <laughs> and it and ignites this flame between them and I really enjoyed this little blast from the past when they decide to change numbers and yes. so they they uh, whip out their sm- their little 
I almost said smartphones, but they weren't. No, <laughs> they that was were, the opposite. They, they're dumb phones. They're flip phones. I literally, I have a note, I have a bullet point that just says flip phones on my notes. So I 100% <laughs> agree with you. Ooh, you have notes too. I'm going to have to put those on the blog. Oh, it's definitely not publishable. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Neither are mine, but I put them out there anyway. So. Yeah, no, flip phones got me real excited because that was just a beautiful yeah. thing to see. And the taking a photo of a stranger. Yeah, because he actually decides to take a photo to put on their contacts information, which, like, when was the last time you had a non-ironic contact photo for someone on your phone? Um, I don't know. I Definitely when I had flip phones, no. I would never have a contact photo. But I would say now with smartphones I do because when people call, I like to see their whole face because it's just so much better than, than reading. Yeah. But flip phones, the camera, <laughs> it would just be a blur. You know, there's the cameras on flip phones in 2003 or whatever year this movie came out were not good quality. Yeah, and of course, the picture that he took of Gabriella, however, is like a beautifully lit, little, cute little three-quarter profile picture. It's adorable. Because, <laughs> you know, that's just, it's true love. Exactly. So it makes phones take better photos. Yes. That's what happens. So then it goes straight into the first day of the new year in high school, and there was a nice little catchy high school song. It wasn't really like an actual song. It was just, you know, in the background, but... It actually was like, oh, okay, this is actually kind of exciting. And in, in a way, I almost thought it might have even been better if instead of doing like the, which I understand because it's very much like Greece, where they have like a few scenes of them together right. before and then, oh, look, there she is again at school. However, the key difference there is that in Greece, they don't focus much on the, the their like summer romance and it's all kind of, you know talked about later like through the gossip with the other kids yeah and i feel like it could have been a little bit better if they'd started with like the energy of the high school because the first part is kind of low energy it doesn't really i was thinking it's funny that you liked that first song so much because i was like if i were watching this flipping through the channels i probably would have flipped channels by now because i just it didn't really catch my attention it was just kind of like okay no yeah (laughs) i totally agree with you i think yeah as far as in the scope of the movie you're absolutely right. I just remember that song being so catchy yeah. and being stuck in my head. Probably also because it was, you know, one of the duets that didn't sound terrible. And so it was like that and the Breaking Free song. The The other duets that the rivals sing are always just so overly poppy and, oh, yeah. and produced and crazy. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I really like the marching band like orchestration of the of the movie in those big numbers like you know whenever they're coming into the school and which i feel like that the music they were doing there was the ones they used at the end for um we're all in this together which was like the closing number that had no plot purpose at all it was just like hey we wrote this song (laughs) let's all get together now I mean, it is a Disney Channel movie, so, and as far as Disney Channel's movies go, this is actually really not that bad, but the plot's very generic, and actually, I realized that maybe the plot felt really generic, because I'm pretty sure I I read a couple of Harry Potter fan fictions whose plots were directly lifted from this movie, because <laughs> I was awesome. like, because, so in the movie, there's like two teachers who are focused on, and one's the drama teacher, and one's the coach slash Troy's dad. I call him Coach Dad Coach in my dad. notes. There you go. And they're kind of like, 
quipping back and forth because Troy is supposed to be getting ready for the big game, but he also is interested in musicals, so they're kind of rivalry that way. And I was like, oh, it's just like Professor Trelawney. And I was like, wait a minute. Why <laughs> why do I know this plot so much? And I'm, I'm pretty sure I read something with like the Quidditch Professor Madame Hook. Is it Madame Hook? Madame Hook. Um... Uh, no. Hooch. What's her name? Now, now it's going to bug me. Yeah, Madame Hooch. That's yeah. it. I, I feel like I've dishonored my, my fandom past by not remembering that. But Yeah, no, we're just going to do a clean cut in edits <laughs> and um, and just make sure that we both did not fail our, our Harry Potter <laughs> soul. Uh, uh, if you've read fan fiction where there was a musical in high school, you've probably already know the plot to this movie. So basically, Gabby shows up at school. She's not only a perfect singer, she's also the freaky genius girl, and she's beautiful. So Mary Sue material all around. Exactly. There's one part in there where, so Troy's getting ready for class, the drama class, and all the kids are coming in, and Troy is talking to his friends about something. Did you catch that? Yeah, it's that. That I've, I do remember seeing that. It's the pink jelly moment, right? Yes. Pink jelly. Yes, the infamous pink jelly. It's it's obviously like because whenever you're shooting a scene like that, everybody has to stay quiet and they're just doing ad libs, but without talking out loud. So they just have to mouth stuff. And it looked to me like that was an after dub where they do like additional dialogue recording and whatever fit his mouth. It reminded me of a bad lip recording or bad bad lip reading uh-huh. like those videos on youtube because it looked like his mouth just formed the words pink jelly and that they added that in later because that was <laughs> the only intelligible word i actually looked it up because i was like did he really say pink jelly did i miss something and he did say pink jelly and kenny ortega who plays um he's the director he's like the produ- he's the producer so kenny ortega the producer director choreographer whatnot for high school musical there is an interview out there for, on the odyssey online published in 2016 where they were doing a rewatch and they wanted to know like little bits of trivia the, the interviewer's question was about this line which is do you remember the night before no not at all all i remember is pink jelly and his answer is So with my wildcat knowledge, I know that they told Zach to improvise this line, but it sounds like he was drunk and then additionally got into the weirdest situation ever. Maybe they should have just given him a line. Hey, maybe... Maybe you should have given him a line. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, it was apparently just something he made up, I guess, on the spot. He was just like, pink jelly. That sounds fun. <laughs> pink jelly. There we go. Now, see, I'm trying to think of any other Zac Efron movies that have pink jelly to see if this is all a part of like a Zac Efron universe. Yeah. But I, nothing comes to Multiverse. mind. Multiverse. Exactly. I don't know. I'll, I think pink jelly and I think um, Ditto from Pokemon. That's true. Yeah, Pink Jelly. Maybe he just playing a lot of Pokemon on his Game Boy in the 2000s. Yeah, maybe. So that's the beginning of drama class. And of course, Troy spots Gabby in the class and he's not entirely sure if he recognizes her, which is very relatable. Because if you've ever been like out in public and you see somebody and you're not entirely sure if it's somebody you know or not. So you got to have your hand up and this like half wave, half like I could probably pretend I was about to brush my hair out of my face. Right, and you're not thing. quite ready to say the name yeah. out loud. You're just trying to like get attention <laughs> to see if their moment of recognition happens. So he actually decides to call her phone, and of course it goes off, and then Miss Darbus, the drama teacher, confiscates all the phones, including the phones of the popular kid, Sharpay, 
and her twin, Ryan. And Sharpay, by the way, is using a sidekick phone. I don't know if you guys remember sidekick phones, but for those who were perhaps not old enough for cell phones in the 2000s or just only had the same Nokia phone for several years, the sidekick was just like it was a it was like sideways oriented and it was better for texting it's just a very iconic phone. You can Google it. Oh, yeah, because it. it had the flip up. That was yeah. the power moment. Oh, yeah. So And it also, it provides very, like, dramatic moments when you're going down the hall and you flip your phone open and text on it. Exactly. I never had one, but I remember being exceedingly jealous of those who did. So. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, I actually, also, I noticed, I was like, it's a bummer that we just changed our logo to something much nicer because I could kind of pretend for a little bit there were subliminal messages for our old logo with the drama masks. Oh, yeah. In the, in the posters. I'm like, hey, there we are, right there. But we did change that. Just something much nicer, a little stack of VHS tapes. But Which, by the way, I think I told you this before we were recording last time. But yeah, that was, I love the new logo. It's perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much. Shout out to Jamila Walgren for our new logo. Be sure to check out her artwork. It's very cool. And uh, we're so happy to have a new logo because I made the old one and it blows. So. It was pretty good, but nothing beats just a good old stack of VHS. It's like, a, it's just basically the whole thing follows this really dramatic, I guess, week and a half, maybe, of high school. Yeah, because there, there's a moment in the beginning where he says, yeah, like the championship game, which is the big basketball game that they have to prepare for after coming back from winter break is two weeks away. So it's like, yeah, all of this is happening. The first half is like within a few days, and then it's like jumped towards the end. Yeah, it basically they're just wanting to sign up for this musical the sign-up sheets are around and Sharpay the obnoxious popular girl makes a big show in front of Gabriella and Troy of signing her name on it on like all the lines because she doesn't want anyone else to try out because she must not be very confident in her ability if she doesn't want anyone else to try out I mean if you're good you're good well I think this is the case of a, a Disney character having to be very extreme and and only being one possible <laughs> thing because I think at some point she talks about her and her brother have been the leads in every musical since sixth grade or something mm-hmm. and so it's just like yeah there's no reason to add, have all these additional lines now Janine I do want to pull your eye to something very important that I noticed mm-hmm. um, did you notice when they were signing up the title of this music cow which is what the drama teacher Mrs. Darbus always calls it is that it's a the spring musicale. That's the title? No, the title is Twinkle Town. Twinkle Town? How yeah. did I not see Twinkle Town? Twinkle Town is the title of this original Twinkle high school Town. musical, which I, I have a later note here, but like to tell you, like they're auditioning for this high school musical, and apparently this school does a spring musical and a fall musical. And the spring musical is an original production composed by a high school student. Yeah. Like the 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 pianist that they practice with later in the movie is like the composer of this high school musical who is also a high school student. <laughs> and I don't know any high school that has ever <laughs> produced an original musical that in any way was worthy of paying a ticket okay, price okay, for. Okay, okay, okay. Actually, middle school 2006, 2007. Uh-oh. We had a high school musical um, it's actually middle school musical. And uh, the sixth through eighth graders were all put into this musical that we had no choice but to participate in, basically. <laughs> and it was an original composition, not written by any of the high schoolers, because that would be crazy. The, the premise of this, I agree with you, is insane. Right. However, it was a very terrible... <laughs> 
It's a very terrible musical. I still have, like, in moments, like, you know, like, when you're trying to go to bed at night and you just have, like, a slideshow of, like, your most embarrassing moments in your life. Like, <laughs> just to is, make sure you remember them. Just to make sure you remember. When, like, nobody else remembers the stupid things you did when you were 13 and 14, but you have to. because. Exactly. You know, life is cruel. But uh, basically, um, it was called The History of Dance Part 1. You know, a little nod to The History <laughs> of the World Part 1. Right. And it was supposed to uh, take us through, like, all these different dance movements. And, uh, you know, we had singing and all that kind of stuff. And I was casting it. And I... Uh, I... Uh, I loved being the center of attention. I say loved because this is probably one of the things that ruined my uh, desire to want to be <laughs> on the face of anything. That's but awesome. I had like no lines. My character's name was Evelyn Claire. And the only like personality I had in this whole thing was that I hated being called E. Claire because <laughs> I don't know. I Apparently that's something a student would say. Oh my God. One of the other characters would sit next to me. His name was... Uh, started with a T. I'm going to say Troy, because why not? High School Musical. <laughs> so not? I made my character, I ad-libbed everything, and I actually made the character just say, like, his name all the time and, like, like flirt heavily on him, because I thought it was hilarious and self-deprecating. And uh, I guess it was, um, <laughs> because I actually ended up getting... At my high school, whenever you were, like, the best in something, like, you made the best grade or you stood out the most, at the end of the year, you'd get a book award. Oh, okay. And I got the book award for that. And I actually, I have it. Oh, my gosh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab it real quick because I'm going to see what she wrote in it. There you go. All right. So the book award that I received was called Making It on Broadway, Actors' Tales of Climbing to the Top. <laughs> No surprise to anyone, I'm not on Broadway, I'm not an actress, but <laughs> in, when I was in middle school, apparently it was one of the things I thought I might do. There you go. And uh, congratulations, Best Actress, Janine, The Heart of Dance, 2006. So That's awesome. <laughs> and I got it because, basically, she loved all my ad-libbing so much, she made it part of the play. <laughs> so, which is like the worst advice I think you could give a budding actress, is like, yeah, Directors would totally love it if you just made up all your own lines and made yourself the center of attention. Right. So. Well, honestly, and I, I'm also thinking this might be a terrible, a terrible realization for that writer because I'm absolutely certain your ab libs were amazing, and this whoever wrote this original show was just like, <laughs> oh no, this middle school student has significantly improved the script of my show. Going back to Twinkle Town. Yeah, so Twinkle Town. <laughs> and we don't understand at all what this musical is about, which I think is the best part, because we have to assume that that audition song that they sing and the bop to the top song, which uh, Sharpay and Ryan sing later for their like callback number and Breaking Free are all a part of this musical because they say like they pull it from the the pages and none of those songs have any sort of cohesive like re relation to each other. Yeah. And so we can only assume that Twinkle Town is exactly the same musical that you performed in middle school. <laughs> I, it must be. I mean, the, the other option I would think about is there's actually a musical called Urine Town. Right. That's um, true. That premiered in 2001. And so, I mean, Twinkle, Urine, it's not really <laughs> that far off. Right. But if your urine does twinkle, you should go see a doctor. <laughs> Yes, that's true. That's High School Musical is, is, is teaching us so many life lessons. It really is. It is. Can we go to the best part of the entire movie? Absolutely. Which is it? 
stick to the status quo. That is. It is the best part. It's the best song, best choreography. It's just, it's really good. It, like, And I mean this unironically. It's very good. See, and, and I'm like, I'm completely there with you. I am also believe that it has the most outrageous and ridiculous lines throughout the entire movie, which is saying <laughs> something, considering at one point, Zac Efron literally just says pink uh, What about Sharpay saying, evaporate, tall person? That's, <laughs> That's my favorite true. line. I, I could totally, I could hear somebody saying that, though. <laughs> Mostly because I'm 6'2", and so I, th- people tell me that all the time. Oh, you're 6'2"? My husband's 6'2", and I'm 5'6", and whenever I ask him to help me get something off a shelf, he says, well, you know what I want to see first, right? And then I have to show him that I actually can't reach it. <laughs> so that's the next time he makes me do that, I'm definitely going to be saying evaporate tall person. It, def- because... it needs to become a part of, of your vocabulary. <laughs> yes, and all every every person out there, 5'6", and under, we need to have that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so that's you know after they because uh, the Troy and, and Gabriella sneak into the first audition and they audition at the they're supposed to they're trying to audition at the last minute but the drama teacher's like no it's too late and then Sharpay and Ryan are like of course it's too late where were the leads <laughs> and then they sing with the pianist who very dramatically drops all of her papers accidentally and then they practice singing it just to see how it would hear from them and then the drama teacher says they have a callback. And that's where we're at, yeah. essentially. Essentially. And this drama teacher is very unnecessary about the fact... I guess she just really likes Sharpay and Ryan. Um, she just doesn't want to see anybody else like audition for it. And actually, I do... I don't want to breeze over too much over the actual audition scenes that come before that because that was actually another part of the movie I really enjoyed where they actually had people audition. And of course, they were singing badly or like one of them was an interpretive dancer. Oh, yeah. But... What I appreciated about it is that none of the audio was dubbed over. That is true, yeah. Like, the next song that they had, I actually was missing the genuine auditions from the five minutes before. Because it's like, remember like when we heard real people singing? Like, yeah. not being, you know, improved? But yeah, so it's really... The plot is not difficult in any way. There's no plot twist, or except for, I guess, um, at some point... So Gabriella is being courted by the decathlon team, and which is like a math, like mathletes, basically. Mm-hmm. They don't want her to try out for the musical because they want her to be on their team. And of course, uh, nobody wants Troy to try out for the musical because he needs to be the star player for the big game. Which, like, why was it breezed over so much that... His dad is definitely reliving his glory days through Zach. Yeah, there's only one moment, which is whenever they try and set them up to like for for Troy and Gabriella to like break up over this because they try and get Troy to say that the musical doesn't matter to the basketball team. And the basketball team brings up like, oh, and, you know, the last star of basketball that you need to be like and talk about his dad. And it's just like, yeah, no, let's talk about this, how his father is forcing him to go to practice at school. And then immediately after that, the scene is they're playing basketball in his driveway. And like Troy is obviously (laughs) trying to connect with his father, talking about like, what if I want to do something else too? Or what if, um, what if I want to try something new? And the dad's like, maybe like going left down the court instead of right. And he's like, no, dad, please believe me that I have a, I'm a human heart. Please accept me as a human person. And the dad's like, no, I really need that trophy that I never won in high school. He doesn't yeah. say that, but it's implied. It's pretty implied. And I mean, like, it's just, 
because even in the beginning of the whole musical slash movie, they're actually practicing basketball like while they're on vacation. So this yeah. is all his dad wants is for him to basically be his little basketball clone and to relive his high school glory through him. And, like, of course, Troy does stand up for himself near the end and is like, I actually am still going to do this anyway, Dad. But right. he doesn't really stand up for himself. Like, he doesn't just say, hey, Dad, like, I need to go do this musical that I'm trying out for. They have to, like, basically, once the decathlon and the basketball team come clean about the way they tricked Gabriella into believing that actually Troy didn't want to try out for the musical and didn't like Gabriella through a hidden camera in the boys' locker room. Yes. Um, which, like, what? And also advanced, <laughs> like, networking for the mid-2000s. Yes. And high-quality audio video stream. Like, no no pixelating at all. No. But um, that's that's the only, like, plot twist, actually, is that, oh, he wasn't, he was being tricked into saying those things or whatever. But anyway, the two, the two teams work together to try and make sure that they can still try out for the musical because Sharpay and Ryan manipulated the drama teacher to make the tryouts the same day as the big game and the math elite competition. Which, yeah, the big day and also the decathlon were on the same day. And mm-hmm. which I don't think that would happen at all. But And also it's still like the first week of school. Yeah, it's so. really, this is January. It's absurd. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, yeah, the overall plot part is, is incredibly um, just fluff. It's just fluff. Yeah. It's a bunch of fluff. There's really nothing at stake here. I mean, and anything, any bad feelings that are generated through this deception, I mean, the time frame of this is very, very small. She's maybe maybe mad at Troy for like a day, maybe two days. If that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so they work together by, I think, um, the nerds at the mathlete thing um, turn the power off or something during the battle. Oh, no, they ruined the scoreboard. Yeah, they no, they literally cause like a power surge. They do some advanced stuff. And then in, during the decathlon... They create, like, a a crazy chemical reaction that threatens all of the students and they all have to leave or something. Yeah, Yeah, which, like, also doesn't really make sense because just because you're good at math doesn't mean you're good at chemistry or engineering. So anybody who actually has a degree in engineering or in math will tell you that there's a a big difference between all of those things. It's just, it's a very, oh, generic nerdery. Let's just, uh, I don't care about the details. (laughs) Smart people know all about this yeah so they all end up at the musical auditions and this is like because the first auditions were just like the first round and they get the call backs where you have to audition again you're not actually in the musical yet so um they sing together and is this when they sing um we're uh we're breaking free right Yes, yeah, Sharpay and Ryan sing Bop to the Top, <laughs> and um, which is just a ridiculous song, and um, but also very, very uh, loud, I guess, or bright. And um, and then, yeah, the Troy and Gabriella sing Breaking Free. We're so rant. Oh, so good. <laughs> I actually, this, that song, I hadn't ever heard all the way through because I hadn't watched the musical. But I have seen that Vine where they, you know, uh, the kids are being pulled up by the rope and hits the ceiling 
Have you seen that one? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was like, hey, yeah. I know that meme. So, uh, and of course, there are other vines that use that same song. But I was like, oh, hey, yeah. like there's so many meme songs from this, as well as, you know, the end song, We're All in This Together. Right. So, I mean, they come there and, and they're late for the auditions. And the drama teacher, again, so worried about punctuality, is like, no, you're too late. But then all of the high schoolers from the decathlon and from the basketball game come in to say he should be allowed to audition and it's in the middle of the game that's very important to the plot the, yeah. the power has been cut to the the uh uh what, what's that place called the basketball hall whatever that's called court, <laughs> court. that's it the basketball <laughs> court um and so naturally all of the fans and the basketball team all and the decathlon you know fans i guess and i I hope that's a thing. I hope there are fans of decathlons that they just go on and cheer their favorite mathletes. And they all just go into the auditorium. Gabby actually gets stage fright, but Troy talks her out of it, which is pretty cute. Yeah. But I have to wonder, you know, did all these events start at the same time where they staggered out? Because so they play most of the basketball game, like the decathlon. Actually, they, they pretty much complete it. I mean, she does her math and she does her part and wins. I don't know math, but it I guess it was right. And at that <laughs> yeah. same time, it's also interspersed with images of Sharpay and Ryan auditioning. How long was that song that they were using for the audition? I mean, so if an average, you know, three quarters of a basketball game is, let's say, 40 minutes. I don't know what how long a high school basketball game is. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's it's a long song. It's yeah. definitely a long song. <laughs> It really, really is. And so, of course, Gabby and Troy, they nail the audition. And I hope they get the part because everybody loves it. It's like a really long scene. You know, everyone's clapping and the drama teacher's into it. So hopefully they get the part. And uh, then it goes back to Troy's game. And yeah. it was very fast for, like, how much they had spent on the first part of the game. Like, that part. It's like, oh, he's won now. Okay, cool. Yep. And Sharpay, <laughs> Sharpay basically cozies up to them once she realizes that they got the lead. It's like, oh, we're friends now, right? And the, the baker... Um, from the so like in that one song about the status quo there's one guy who actually secretly loves baking which is an adorable thing i think it was really cute the callbacks they kept doing it to it yes. he's apparently in love with sharpay and like gives her cookies and she blows him off and uh troy which like troy is actually a really sweet character too because he makes sure that everybody uh respects kelsey the girl who literally wrote an entire musical from scratch at like age 16 17 like yeah. um he's like well everyone like yeah. it's kelsey really who did who deserves the recognition and then they sing we're all in this together and it's you know fun and everyone's cheering and 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 even ryan comes out and he's singing and everyone's cheering for them but it's like why are we cheering for him? He sabotaged the main couple. Like, why are we happy that he's coming out and singing? Yeah, that is. It's a weird balance of we're all in this together, except for those assholes. Can somebody yeah. kick those out of the gym? We don't want them here. We don't We don't really want you here. But the song is over. Sharpay comes running back into the court to see the Baker uh, character declaring the cookies are genius and she wants him to make more, which is the end. Which is a very weird end because it just it ends with basically like the kind of scene you would get as a credits a bonus scene exactly yeah you know um but that's the movie that's that's it that's the musical okay janine i we have to go back we have to do really take a deep dive uh-huh. into stick to the status quo because i think it's yes. a rich vein of understanding why this movie <laughs> exists at all 
Uh, do you want to do you want to set the scene for stick to the status quo? So yeah, so this is in between the first audition that they secretly got the they secretly auditioned for and then uh, got a callback for. So the basketball team just found out that Troy is auditioning for a musical, and Sharpay is feeling threatened. And so this whole song is about how in high school everybody has a thing, everybody has one click, and that they have to stick to it, and that it's like a food chain in the wild, and that their basketball men are on top, and then it's probably like drama, and then it's like, you know, the nerds, and then like the skaters, and that that's the only things you can be. You can't be anything else, and so you have to stick to the status quo, which involves an incredible cafeteria lunch um, song and dance number mm-hmm. and uh and each it moves from each group so in the beginning it'll start with the basketball guys at their table and this is whenever the baking the baking basketball man which is his name now he <laughs> reveals that he likes baking because he's like if troy can you know talk about how he likes musicals or singing i can talk about how i love baking so this poor child has been secretly baking his whole life without sharing any of his baked goods with any of his good good friends and i think that's a travesty that is just so upsetting in the course of this whole movie that's the one that just gets me emotional every time because i'm like this kid he's secretly baking nobody knows about his baking not not his strudels his scones even apple pan dowdy whatever that is (laughs) it's just so sad now i will tell you that as a child he he talks about how he like i can even make creme brulee and as a child i distinctly remember like can remember that line every time and the first time I ever had a creme brulee, I was like, this is incredible. I don't know how the baking basketball man did it. This is so good. Yeah. And to the basketball people's credit, they do actually begin to embrace it later. And he even offers a creme brulee to Zach. Yes. Um, when Zach is out pouting later when he believes Gabby hates him. So, I mean, he did have to hide it for a very long time. But then, you know. I mean, it is the it's the mid two thousand, so yeah, it definitely probably was necessary at the time because apparently back then you could only do one thing, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there's the guy who is a secret um, baker, and then of course there's a brainiac who secretly loves hip hop and to pop and lock. She loves to pop and lock and jam, and her nerd friends hate her for it. And I'm not describing that lightly. <laughs> they hate her. They at one point. She says, she says, and I actually put this line in my notes because I was so happy with it. She says, it's only dancing. Sometimes I think it's even cooler than homework. And they go, is that legal? <laughs> and that's their response to that. And it's like, are we all, okay, first of all, dancing will always be better than homework. Uh, that's no, that's no, there's no yeah. competition there. But the fact that their response is dancing, that should be illegal. Please stick to the status quo. Don't don't do that anymore. Stop popping and locking and jamming. <laughs> and then the third guy is a stoner slash skater who admits that he plays the cello. Yes. And uh <laughs> It says that he has to wear a coat and tie, which is apparently like at first they were like into it until he says he has to wear a coat and tie. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no way. No, you have to be a skater. You can't wear a coat and tie. And then during the choreography, he busts out his cello and starts playing it, which like yeah. you're in the cafeteria. How did you go get your cello and then take it out of its case and then start playing within like the 10 seconds that have passed? I mean, if we do follow that logic. Has Zeke been carrying around that creme brulee? Is that Zeke? Yeah, the basketball, <laughs> the basketball baker man. Has yeah. he been just carrying around that creme brulee this whole time? I mean, he's had it. 
it's his secret shame. He takes it with him to remind <laughs> himself. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. I did love this part whenever it was around the skaters is when I realized that, ooh, this time period, this, you know, 2003, 2004, whenever this movie came out, was like so tricky from a costume design perspective because they really oh, yeah. couldn't decide if they wanted to stick with bad 90s costumes or like evolve into like late ni- 2000s costumes <laughs> and it was just yeah it was not it's peak great. disney like disney loves layering and there yes. were so many layers in all of these outfits especially sharpay and ryan yes. had just most the, the most glitzy unbelievable outfits of all time i did write a note i wrote a note at one point that said sharpay is wearing too many pantsuits for high school because i distinctly remember seeing her wearing pantsuits like twice and i was like that's too many they have a very weird blend of uh, of fashion and it's very very strange but overall it was an enjoyable film and thankfully it was short because a lot of the movies that i've watched throughout this podcast have just been unbearably long but this one's pretty yes. short, and also the songs help break it up, so that's all right. right. And the plot is... And the choreography is actually like really good, oh, yeah. which I didn't realize that Kenny Ortega, the choreographer-director guy, he did the choreography for that Ferris Bueller's Day Off scene oh. whenever he's dancing in the, in the parade. And I was like, okay, that all makes sense to me. Yeah. Because just like seeing the connection creatively. And I was like, yeah, no, this choreography was like really good for its day. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And especially, I think the best song of the entire movie is the Status Quo song. That one was my favorite. So, And it has amazing choreography, too. Also, there's a good choreography scene with all the basketball kids as well. And Yes, get your head in the game. We kind of brushed over Chad, who is Corbin Blue's character and Troy's best friend. And there's an amazing line that he does where he basically tells Troy he can't be an actor because, um, you know, you wouldn't be on a cereal box like Michael Crawford. And Troy goes, who's Michael Crawford? And Chad goes, that's my point. He was the fan of the opera on Broadway. Now, my mom, she's seen that musical 27 times and she put Michael Crawford's picture in our refrigerator, not on it in it so my point is if you play basketball you end up on the cereal box but if you sing in musicals you end up my mom's refrigerator (laughs) and troy goes why would she put his picture in your refrigerator and chad goes i don't know one of her crazy diet ideas look i don't attempt to understand the female mind troy and it was that actually got a big laugh out of me that dialogue was great and so this movie it's not a technological feat. It's not really a good movie, but it's a little, you know, feel good TV movie. It's very much a Disney movie. Yes. And its message is overall very positive and inclusive. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. It could definitely have been a lot worse. Like the songs, I didn't like the studio quality, but I mean, that's just something that happens in musicals that are on TV. So, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to happen regardless. Yeah. Corbin Blue, I think, is the unsung hero of this film because he was probably one of the most solid like characters even though he was like icky at the point of like Troy can't be in a musical he's got to be in basketball I'm gonna follow him and see what he's doing and then we're gonna set up this camera and trick him into saying he hates musicals (laughs) so that Gabriella won't want to sing with him anymore and it's like okay come on Corbin that's that's lame but (laughs) but then he like he's just very solid and he can actually dance very very well as just an actor person and so he gets very supportive later too like he does like he's it's really nice. And then he later. asks like out he... the, the the captain of the decathlon team, so they're going out, which I yeah. think happens in the second one. But it's like, yeah, get those basketball and nerds together. Let's do this. 
Yeah, and there were definitely lots of parts in this movie that I'm kind of bummed that I didn't watch it as a teenager because I'm sure I would have actually enjoyed it because, like, cheerleaders get made fun of, which is very much an anti-prep thing yes. because the, speaking of the decathlon girl, she says, oh, I don't speak cheerleader or whatever. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, man, I would have loved that as a teenager. <laughs> uh, Sharpay, for being, like, I guess the popular girl in the entire school, is actually pretty nerdy and weird, too. And she makes really, really weird references and lines, like evaporate tall person, which actually, unironically, one of my favorite things ever, and I'm keeping it. (laughs) But also, she makes this reference that was very 2000s that said, we need to save our show from people who don't know the difference between a Tony Award and Tony Hawk. (laughs) (laughs) Again, insert Kate doing air horns here, because I can't. (laughs) That's awesome. yeah, I, I I definitely enjoyed it much more as a teenager and and enjoying this uh this this very bright and happy show that has this wonderful happy ending. <laughs> now, I do need to tell you what I discovered whenever I was doing research on the show uh-huh. or on the movie whenever I was watching it is that at some point and this would have brought the I think this could have won an Oscar if it had <laughs> this if it had this in it. Apparently, at one point, there was a planned duet between Coach Bolton or Coach Dad and Mrs. Darbus, the drama teacher. You know, that would have made sense because they're like put pit to, as rivals throughout the entire thing, but they don't really have any scenes together. Exactly. And a song between the two of them would have been very good. Yes. And so I really think that's where they really let us all down. I think. I agree with you. Maybe, maybe not Oscar's material, but... That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> then again, you have to remember Shrek won an Oscar, so... And we have to remember that Shrek won an Oscar, and that's important. <laughs> that's in Oscar history. So uh, we started doing this thing where we recommend to our audience a crime based on the the movie that we just watched. And I was wondering if you had a suggestion for a crime for our audience. I mean, obviously, you can't do it. And if you do it, you can't blame us because we already dissolved ourselves of responsibility. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's really difficult because I... So the first thing that st- like that pops into my head is is um, breaking the status quo. Like that that is a crime <laughs> in this it's East High, high School. <laughs> um, so that that's a big problem. The other one, and this is more based on High School Musical two, but you would recognize it from that infamous scene of Zac Efron dancing on the golf course to bed on it, where he's like dancing very dramatically in a black. Uh, polo and it's and a bunch mm-hmm. of memes and that one I would call Troy walking and I think that's that would be a crime. <laughs> that's a crime actually. Yes. So because not only is it just over the top, it's also breaking the status quo. Exactly. So you're actually combining those things. That, so it. you've heard it here. Uh, you need to go do Troy walking, and if you get in trouble, you can't blame us, but <laughs> let us know if you did. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, so I uh, co-host a podcast called The M Word um, with Connor O'Brien. It comes out on Fridays, and you can find out more about that at mwordpod.com. It's just a millennial podcast by millennials, and that's about as descriptive as I could ever be about it. Um, (laughs) And our good friends Janine and Kate from Guess What You're Going to Hate have been on it, and I don't remember exactly what episode it was, but it was a few months back or a month and a half ago yeah it was we talked about how to solve meal planning yes it was so good it was we had a, a ton of fun because all of us suck at meal fun. planning <laughs> we, we we really really do yes but i definitely recommend you guys check out their podcast it's a lot of fun especially if you can relate to those annoying listicles or whatever about what what millennials have ruined yes and it's very much in line with that 
Yeah, we have a blast. We uh, we have fun. I'm also on Twitter at and Instagram at Kyle the Turner. And um and yeah, so you can cool. find me in those places. Well, thanks so much. I'm fine. I'm glad I finally got to watch High School Musical. Yes, I'm fine. <laughs> we can finally fix this travesty in your life. And one day I'm going to have to watch High School Musical too. And I will be here for you again. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciated you being on our show. Thank you.